0: Um, I want to highlight again uh, this morning our plans for Christmas. Um, we are planning our Christmas Eve candlelight service at 4 p.m. on the 24th. Um, that'll be a 35 to 45-ish minute family-friendly uh, service. We will have some activity packs and things for the really young kids if they need some help staying busy. Um, but we encourage everyone to come, bring a friend or a family member um, and we're really looking forward to, to sharing that. And then uh, something else um, that we're wanting to do following the service on Christmas Eve is a Christmas cookie outreach. Now, you may think, oh, gosh, it's Christmas Eve. We don't need something else to do. But it's really, really super simple. We will simply have some pre-made uh, small little care packages with cookies and just a little card that says, you know, God bless you at Christmas from the vineyard or something like that. Um, and if you are interested, one or two people would be interested in volunteering to help us prepare those ahead of time. And basically all we're asking people to do is on your way out of the service, grab a little care package. And when you stop to fill up your car for gas, maybe give it to the gas station attendant um, or just sort of wherever you're going in your travels, either that night or on Christmas Day. But the focus is to just share uh, some love and a smile with service workers those folks who maybe are not able to be with their family on Christmas Eve or even Christmas Day. So, uh, you don't have to make a special trip across town to some certain place, just kind of wherever you're going out and about. Um, and then if you're kind of like, well, I don't know. We will have a few little starter ideas, um, of places that we would suggest that maybe you just go drop one off. And uh, if you're really ambitious, you can take more than one. Uh, we thought that's just a simple way um to show the love of christ at christmas so we want to uh, keep you mindful of that and uh, let's go ahead and transition my wife just said you you ran out of things to say just say transition and then we'll transition (laughs) so um there was a woman who said to her husband one morning, you know, a wise man once said, the way to achieve inner peace is to finish all the things you've started. Well, being the loving husband that he was, he looked around the house to see all the things that he'd started and not finished. After assessing the situation, he finished off the bottle of red wine from the fridge, the cheesecake from last night's dinner, the bottle of white wine from the neighbor's Christmas party, and the last dose of his Prozac prescription. (laughs) Well, I imagine he might have felt pretty peaceful until he didn't. Uh, Some might consider that one road to peace. Um, I imagine that uh, kind of peace probably has worn off by the next morning and left him uh, with some pretty serious regrets. In a few minutes, we'll start exploring this morning what kind of peace came with the arrival of Jesus and how it breaks into our circumstances and our lives. Um, Just before we do that, I want to just kind of recap for you. Um, Last week we talked about hope, and if you missed that, um, it is available on our website and on Facebook. Um, But last week we introduced our Advent series. We talked about the power of hope. And I just want to read again this uh, small section of Scripture from last week. Um, which is also for the series, Uh, portion of John 1.4, In Him, meaning Jesus, was life. And that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. We looked last week at how Jesus, as the light of the world, brings a hope that the darkness cannot overcome. We looked at the story of Elizabeth and Mary, and we saw how Elizabeth became a woman of hope by practicing or rehearsing the presence of God, despite many, many years of carrying unfulfilled desires and promises in her heart. And we talked about how uh, we too can cultivate this type of hope, even when our circumstances might not look that hopeful. Well, in the same way that we talked about last week and how light dispels darkness, peace dispels fear. The peace has come in Jesus, and fear cannot overcome it. I want to tell you another uh, story to try to illustrate as we walk into this this morning. Some time ago, there was a man, and he had sought to find or create the perfect artistic representation of peace, and not finding one that satisfied what he was looking for, he announced a contest to produce a masterpiece, and the challenge stirred the imagination of artists everywhere. Paintings began arriving from far and wide, and finally, uh, the day of the reveal arrived, And as uh, many gathered, the judges began to uncover one peaceful scene after the other. The viewers would clap and cheer. Uh, Tensions grew as they finally came to the final two pictures. And the judge pulled the cover from one and a hush fell over the crowd. A mirror-smooth lake reflected lacy, green birches under the soft blush of the evening sky. Along the grassy shore, a flock of sheep grazed undisturbed. Surely this would be the winner. It just sounds peaceful. Well, the man who had had the vision then comes up and uncovers the final painting himself. And the crowd gasped in surprise. Could this represent peace? A tumultuous waterfall cascading down from a rocky ledge with great power... The crowd could almost feel its cold, billowing mist, and hear the waves as they crashed against the rocks with a violent splash. Storm clouds pregnant with lightning bolts and wind and rain, and in the midst of these thundering noises and bitter chill, a spindly tree clung to the rocks at the edge of the falls. One of its branches reached out in front of the torrential waters as if to foolishly seek to experience its full power. Right in the elbow of that branch, a small bird had built a nest. Content and undisturbed in her stormy surroundings, she rested on her eggs. With her eyes closed and her wings ready to cover her little ones, she manifested peace that transcends all earthly turmoil. Let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, we just welcome you into this place Uh, We welcome specifically, Father, your peace. Uh, We know that you're here, Father, because you live in each of us, but we just ask that through your spirit that you would just manifest peace this morning, Father. We ask that uh, you would put wind behind your words and and give me ears to hear and see as I attempt to deliver those words to your people. We thank you for everything that you're doing in us and in this church body, uh, and we just bless your name. So we've likely all had um, some kind of experience that we can reflect on um, where we've experienced, uh, as the Bible says, the peace that passes understanding. Um, For me, one of the most tangible and memorable experiences of this type of peace uh, came in 2007. Um, When my best friend of of pretty much my whole life was killed in a car accident, just a few weeks after her 21st birthday. Um, I was working um, at our family ice cream shop. Uh, Some of you don't know that's in my history. Um, It's a really fun story I can tell you sometime. Um, I got a call from my uncle saying he'd heard about an accident on the highway just south of town, and he thought my friend Wendy might have been involved. And so in a brief moment of, after a brief moment of panic, I jumped in my truck and bust over to her house, which was just a few blocks away. Nobody was home. So um, I drove down towards where um, my uncle had said the accident had taken place. One of our uh, local police officers had the highway blocked about a mile back, and he shared with me and, and confirmed my worst fears. Uh, That my friend had indeed been in the accident and actually in somewhat uh, insensitive and graphic terms let me know that she had already passed. Um, A moment later, uh, Wendy's mom drove up and I actually was there with her as the officials came to tell her the news and helped get her back to her house and stayed there for most of the next 24 hours. Um, In the days that followed... Uh, Wendy's mom actually asked me to lead worship at her memorial service. And um, only the grace and peace of God could have enabled me to walk onto that stage um, with a very broken heart and yet still sincerely lead the crowd in worshiping and singing, Open the eyes of my heart, Lord, open the eyes of my heart. I want to see you. I want to see you. See, somehow through very supernatural means, because of the questions that were already settled in my heart, i.e., that God is good, that it's the enemy that comes to kill, steal, and destroy. Um, Because those things were already settled in my heart when that circumstance came, it made a landing strip in my heart for God's supernatural peace to land amidst one of the single most heartbreaking moments of my entire life. And yet, we could still declare with all sincerity, holy, 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 the Lord is holy, he is good. And so, uh, this morning, that's what I want to explore with you um is that there is there is a peace that's available that transcends the worst of circumstances. And I'm sure each of you have your own versions of that story, of different things that have happened in life um, that by the world standards certainly should have taken your peace. And 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 you can probably tell as I tell the story it's not uh, that it's not heartbreaking. It's not that there are not uh, grief and, and emotions. I, I think God is okay with that. He's, he's okay with us being. I said some of this last week with being very honest and raw and real about the way that we're feeling, but that doesn't have to dictate our convictions. Um, our convictions can can stand true. I want to look um, at one verse in Second Thessalonians. 316, we're going to look at it actually in a few different versions, but now may the Lord of peace himself give you peace at all times and in every way, the Lord be with you all. In the Living Bible, it actually uh, ends that may the Lord of peace himself give you peace no matter what happens. And then I also want to look at the way the Amplified Bible actually spells it out for us. Uh, as it does so well many times. Now the Lord of peace himself grant you his peace at all times and in every way. That peace and spiritual well-being that comes to those who walk with him regardless of life's circumstances. The Lord be with you all. You see, I think the way that God designed us is that... uh, And and let let me actually clarify this up front as i alluded to a moment ago i don't believe that god is the author of those circumstances Uh, as i said john 10 10 tells us the thief comes to steal kill and destroy so when there's killing stealing and destroying god's not the author of that but yet in his sovereignty and in his goodness he has designed us and this walk with him on this earth in such a way that i believe both blessing and and suffering are designed to push us deeper into the arms of our loving Papa. You know, it's really easy um, when you get the promotion at work or uh, when something wonderful happens, you know, and there's that natural sort of happiness and and joy that comes. It's really easy, um, although sometimes we can get lackadaisical about it, but you know, it's often easier to be grateful in those circumstances and and to thank God and to be a person of gratitude. Um, And we can think that it's often more difficult on the other end of that spectrum when there's suffering, when there's loss, when there's disappointment. Um, But actually, that's the only place where we can find peace because we often don't have control over those circumstances. You know, you come into a situation and, and, and it's gut-wrenching and it's hard. And, and don't we often think, gosh, I wish I could just change this. I wish I could just remove myself from it or, or make it have not happened or change the circumstance in my favor. And, and granted, sometimes that happens. But regardless of the circumstances that we can't control, He is with us in that circumstance. And if we'll shift our focus, we can regain peace in the midst of sorrow and suffering. Um, I liked, you know, I remember in elementary school, uh, we practiced for fire drills. They were stop, drop, and roll. And I mean, that's probably very ingrained for a lot of us. Um, I heard somewhere along the line um, a pastor talk about, you know, when you come into some of these difficult circumstances. Stop, look, and listen. So stop, and as I said last week, sometimes it's stop and and look behind you and see where you dropped your piece and go back and get it. But sometimes that's not possible. But just stop, look to God. Whatever that looks like for you or whatever the circumstance is, you may not be able to steal away for 20 minutes and have solitude and prayer and worship, but you can still stop even in the moment. And look to him, and, and as we talked about last week, rehearse maybe a couple of things about the goodness of God or a way he's answered in the past, and then listen. Because I've found so many times that, that when you stop and reposition your focus to him, um, he's always speaking. He's always there with whatever it is that you need for that moment. Whether it is he's giving you the answer to change the circumstance, because sometimes, I'll I'll give you a a secret if you don't know, uh, sometimes that's the answer. Sometimes God gives us the thing that is the answer, and then we actually have the authority, the ability, and the responsibility to actually bring change to a situation. Um, But sometimes um, it's just an opportunity for us to grow in grace, and in dependence upon him. That, you know, well, God, I, I just, and again, we can be honest, I just really don't like this thing that happened. It it stinks. It's just, I just, but you know what? You were good before. You've answered me so many times before. Your word says that you're good. I, I, I still believe that you're good. And even though this circumstance doesn't reflect that, um, I know you're good. And I know you're with me, and I know you'll carry me. Um, I want to look at Luke chapter 8, at a couple of stories from the scripture that I think illustrate Jesus' ability to uh, do that first part we talked about and actually bring peace to a situation. Uh, Luke 8, beginning in verse 22, uh, one day Jesus said to his disciples, let's go over to the other side of the lake. So they got in the boat and set out. And as they sailed, he fell asleep. A squall came down on the lake, so the boat was being swamped, and they were in great danger. The disciples went and woke him, saying, Master, Master, we're going to drown. He got up, rebuked the wind and the raging waters. The storm subsided, and all was calm. Now, probably most of us have not experienced uh, the drama and terror of a boat that feels like it's going to capsize. Um, but it's not too difficult to imagine that it's a pretty fearful and tenuous uh, situation in those conditions. So the question that comes to my mind is how is Jesus even able to go to sleep? You know, I'm like, I mean, I've I, not... I When I was young, I, I had battled with motion sickness. Um, not so much seasick, but in the car. I mean, I was... And so I'm just thinking like, that has just got to be really difficult. The key... Um, That I believe, aside from the physiological, you know, movement of the boat, um, I think in Jesus's inner world that he had cultivated out of a relationship with his father, there was no storm. See, Jesus was living from the kingdom of heaven in a way that 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 external circumstance um, was not causing him to be in fear. He was already at peace. And when you're at peace, you can usually sleep pretty good. Um, The degree to which our inner world is settled, as I mentioned earlier, um, often determines our ability to speak to the circumstances around us. Jesus was able to speak to the storm out of the abundance of peace that he was walking in. Um, This next statement could sound almost... Um, overly simple, but I think if you'll chew on it, you'll find um, that we don't often live, and I know I don't often live in a way that I really recognize this truth. You can only give away what you already have. Now, in a very natural sense, you know, that makes sense. If I don't have a dollar in my pocket, I can't give you a dollar because I don't have it to give. The same is true in the spiritual realm. If I don't have an abundance of peace in my inner world, then I can't give peace to whatever situation I'm stepping into. Um, Let's continue on in this story. Um, It's actually the next story, but it's in the same chapter. Um, When Jesus stepped ashore, he was met by a demon-possessed man from the town. For a long time, the man had worn no clothes or lived in the house, but had lived in the tombs. And when he saw Jesus, he cried out and fell at his feet, shouting at the top of his voice, What do you want with me, Jesus, Son of the Most High God? I beg you, do not torture me. Jesus had commanded the impure spirit to come out of the man. Many times it had seized him, and though he was chained hand and foot and kept under guard, he had broken his chains and been driven by the demon into solitary places. And Jesus asked him, What's your name? Legion, he replied, because many demons had gone into him. And they begged Jesus not to order them to go into the abyss. A large herd of pigs was feeding on the hillside, and the demons begged Jesus to let them go into the pigs. And so he gave them that permission. And when the demons came out of the man, they went into the pigs, and the herd rushed down the steep bank into the lake and were drowned. When those pigs saw what had sorry. When those tending the pigs (laughs) pigs yeah anyway um and i will say you know i've always i've always wondered and it's 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 for a different message um i've always wondered why why was why was jesus even as patient as he was you know with with the demonic spirits but we'll we'll look at that some other time um when those tending the pigs saw what had happened They ran off and reported it in the town and the countryside, and many people came to see what had happened. When they came to see Jesus, they found the man from whom the demons had gone out sitting at Jesus' feet, dressed and in his right mind. And they were afraid. You see, when the kingdom breaks in, it brings deliverance from fear. When the kingdom breaks in, it brings deliverance from fear. As we begin to wrap up this morning, I think that there is a very simple invitation to us um, in this second week of Advent. And that's to trade your sorrows for peace. To ask the Lord to transplant and and replace fear uh, with peace. And so... um, in a few minutes, whenever the team comes up and they're going to lead us in a time of intentionally connecting with and worshiping God through song, at the conclusion of that, we'll come back up and we'll pray for each other and we'll we'll press into that. but even begin sort of uh, thinking about that as we as we worship um, this morning. Let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, again, we just thank you so much for this uh, place that we have to gather, this people whom you've gathered together, and we thank you for your peace. Father, your peace is here this morning, and we just ask, Father, that you just continue to increase the manifestation of your peace as we gather to worship, to give, to celebrate, To pray for each other, Father, and whatever uh, things you desire to do this morning, that you would have complete freedom. We just invite you to come and move among us and manifest your peace in Jesus' name.